we started, Nike had the merchandise market on lockdown. It was like taking on Goliath. But we had this insane viral marketing in the pre-internet age. And one is sweeping the nation, becoming one of the biggest basketball brands. The product flew off the shelf. These guys was rock stars. Went from zero to 65 million in 18 months. I was like, holy F. Who knew that everything we've been building was gonna go up in smoke? Yeah, like the cable business. Got him. Hashtag. Ha ha. <laughs> that's that's a real hashtag. Hashtag ha ha. In your face. <laughs> Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt, and you spell that hashtag pound signed A, pound signed A, right? Uh, oh, oh, wait, ha ha. Uh, oh, uh, no, no. It's just uh, pound sign <laughs> H no. A H A. Actually, we go to our resident person who's younger than both of us, Bryce Castillo. Uh, I think that would be How a broken do you ha- spell. It. <laughs> I think it would just be H A H A because you can't have two hashtags. You can't have two pound signs. But the hashtag looks like an H. And I do get that, and I understand that. <laughs> I appreciate that you appreciate that. <laughs> that uh, what you heard at the beginning of that was a trailer for Netflix's upcoming uh, latest untold doc film. The Untold is a series of documentaries that they do. This is The Rise and Fall of And One, which is all about the breakout basketball brand, uh, all about the showmanship and the mixtapes and the merch and stuff. Uh, it looks pretty cool. That's streaming on Netflix August 23rd. You guys know And One? Big And One heads? Remember back in the day, we would pick uh, up the phone and we would hit those seven digits and it. I'd say, yo, Tom, these, these fellers, uh, they'll, they'll never go up in smoke. Yep. Yep. And I would say, and one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the end of the conversation right there. I think we nailed it. Nailed <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I, uh, I have to say, this reminded me of something. I was like, did I see this? And no, it felt like the way they treated Nike in that Magic Johnson series uh, that was on HBO Max. Uh, winning time. Winning time. Uh. Yeah, they they show Nike as the the upstart. Uh, <laughs> and then Nike got called out here as being the, like, the behemoth you can't take down. Mm-hmm. So anyway, history. It's for losers. <laughs> <laughs> History. It's like the weather. Don't like it? Wait around. Go home. <laughs> wait, wait five minutes. There'll be more of it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to the primary target. Last week, I described Netflix as the gray man as a perfect action film to watch while playing a video game on your phone. Uh, But apparently a lot of people liked it. It's got a 93% viewer rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, A few days ago, Netflix announced that it will not only make a sequel to the gray man, but also a spinoff. Netflix says that this is going to become a, in their words, major spy franchise. Ryan Gosling and the Russo brothers, as well as co-writer Stephen McFeely, are all set to return for the sequel. Paul Warnick and Rhett Reese, you may know them of Deadpool fame, are going to write the spinoff. And the Russos said, quote, We had always intended for the Gray Man to be part of an expanded universe. Cinematic universes, you know, are all the rage. There's Marvel. There's Star Wars. There's non-Disney universes, like Walking Dead. Uh, While keeping this in mind, This will not be Netflix's only attempt at an expanded universe. Uh, Is it a good one? 
Are Brian, do we need expanded universes? Is that what the audience wants? Uh, I think we have worshipped at the altar of the phrase expanded cinematic universe for too long. Uh, really what they're saying is big old playground. Uh, you got some action figures. Uh, what if we added more action figures? What if all of a sudden you started playing with the action figures in the same, you know, one of them shows up here or there or whatever. When when you reduce the the gravitas of an expanded cinematic universe, it doesn't seem so crazy in that case. That's a really, really good point because I thought before you said that, that the idea of an expanded universe was much more fun when there weren't expanded universes, right? The, the way that a sequel was much more exciting before movies regularly had sequels. Back when The Godfather 2 came along, it was not usual for sequels to happen. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, kind of the same way. Sequels became a bigger thing in the 80s. An expanded universe was a whole new approach uh, with Star Wars and later Marvel. And so I thought, well, that not it's not that we want expanded universes. It's that we like this thing and want more of it. And that's not always going to be true of everything we like. We 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 could get it could get tiring if everything tried to be an expanded universe. But I think you pointed out the the important part of of what I was thinking, which is if you like it and they make more of it that's good, then it's fine. Uh, you don't have to become an otaku expert on the expanded universe and have a Marvel level of detail on everything. You you could just make something that's more good stuff. And uh, it makes me wonder how much of our affection of the MCU is specifically related to, and maybe this is a good question to ask, cordkillers at gmail.com, uh, all of our fans. Um, do, do, do we worship at the altar of it simply because all at once Disney purchased a very big, expansive, complicated set of intertwined narratives, none of which really paid attention uh, to whether or not it was being self-consistent. I mean, I, I have a comic book that's where GI Joe meets the transformers or whatever. Yeah, it, yeah, it, right. uh, uh, but, but they did pull off an incredible, uh, canonical cinematic feat, but, but I don't need that for everything. You could just uh, give me, give me, give me some James Bond movies. And then suddenly Roland of Gilead shows up for a little bit. And then, yeah. you know, just uh, give me a whole bunch of Dr. Who. And then out of nowhere, I see a little Rick Sanchez, you know, that kind of thing. I, I feel like that's a really good lesson to take from the comics universe, which is yes, what they've hit on with Marvel's cinematic universe is it's really fun when movies interconnect and you find Easter eggs and links between one and the other. And when characters that you get to know show up in new cases, the other thing that comics do is transformers meet Scooby-Doo uh, where you're like, I don't know. We just threw these together for this few issues. It's not connected to everything else. And we're not going to try to make it. It doesn't have to be consistent. DC's doing that a little bit with the Joker with the Batman that's different from Ben Affleck's Batman. Uh, and I think we need, we need more of that where the universe is looser. Like, sure, make me an expanded universe where you tell more stories with these characters, but they don't always have to relate in detailed ways to the other movies because that can be stifling. Yeah, uh, I, the only word that, that, that sets off an alarm bell for me is the word need because ultimately all of these are 
humans gathering around a campfire telling really good stories. And you want to tell a Hercules story, so you use Hercules. And then it's like, wait a minute, but he can't do that because he was made from this type of bloodline. And then you're like, and then you wave your hands and you're like, ah, but this Hercules is from a different multiverse or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, it, there was, and we can all appreciate it, a very intense, wonderful, high wire act that happened with the MCU. It came, it was probably the best of breed for what it accomplished, and now it's left. And now I don't really care if they stick to the rules or don't mm -hmm. stick to the rules or where they go. I just want a big playground with lots of lots of characters. And if they cross over, cool. You know, let's have Magnum PI de-aged show up in the middle of, of the gray man. That'd be great. I I think that is where my head's at now, which is a little bit of James Bond, right? Which is a continuous franchise that doesn't worry about being interconnected to previous franchises. They may go two or three films like they've done recently where they connect, and then they're going to start over again with the whole new James Bond, and they're not going to pretend like it's the same James Bond, and nobody cares because you're making that kind of story. Do that with the Gray Man. Have fun. Don't, don't worry too much about building an expanded universe that's detailed and connected. Make it a playground, and I'm in. And there's no reason to believe that that's not what the Russo brothers are going to do. They, they haven't said more than what I quoted uh, here, really. So uh, I'm, I am now more optimistic about the Gray Man expanded universe for Netflix than I was before we talked. Uh, the, you actually tips off. You gave me a little spark in the back of my brain, like... Uh, I have never, not for one second, felt some weird temptation to see all of the James Bonds meet each other in a way <laughs> that I have with all of the doctors, you know? And, sure. and uh, although now that I think about it, that might be pretty fun. It might be fun. G yeah. If we can figure out an appropriate, you know, uh, conceit for it. But, but, but I feel no urge, no hunger for that. Right. No, I'm with you. Like, if they did it right, that could be a blast. Like you say, that could be a story to tell around the campfire that's super fun. But it's not something where I'm going to be mad if they don't finally get around to this someday kind of kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, we, however, would like you to get around to backing us on Patreon. Yeah, dude. Look, I got a vision. I'm a simple man. There's mm. only one thing I want. Once per episode in the After Talks segment, I just want to hear a live description of an amazing cinematic trailer. And, mm -hmm. and, and oh, are we ever close to making that happen? All we need is 18 people to become patrons over at patreon.com slash cord killers. You'll keep us loud, live, and independent. You'll get your own RSS feed. You'll get exclusive access to our After Talks segments and... Fingers crossed, if we get over 1,000, we begin to get to see the world in Brysovision. Oh, Baden, New York, it's like a city all of an, on its own okay. and a character. Okay, in, oh, you, can't, well. you can't, you can't, it's, it's too much. It, too much it, it hurt, okay. hurts my heart. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah. just a taste of what you can get if you support us, if enough of you support us over on patreon.com slash killers. Let's talk about how to watch. So Brian, I, I originally thought 
I'll just come in and read five earnings reports verbatim with all the dollar signs, and that will be good, solid content for cord killers. Yeah, wouldn't it? Because that's what we cover, right? Are yep. the nuts and yeah. bolts. Dollar of signs and, and percents. Uh, instead, as I started to write all this up, I realized a revelation. Would you like to, me to get to the revelation? Wait, you realized a revelation? I did. I had a revelation that I realized. A revelation was revealed upon you? It was That reveled. you realized? I reveled in that revelation. Bryce, what would this trailer sound like? <laughs> Faded. He can't New say. York, the city that never sleeps. Oh. <laughs> he can't say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me. All right. Last week, our earnings report came out from uh, big companies who provide streaming content and internet service. Uh, Interestingly, Comcast internet service was flat. Usually the ISP part of the business is going up. Uh, Comcast had 32.1 million compared to 31.2 million last quarter. It's a stark change for the internet sector. Uh, as far as this show is concerned, Peacock's subscribers is the interesting part. Stayed even, 13 million. Uh, monthly active accounts fell. So the paid subscription stayed even at 13 million but the free accounts went down. Monthly active accounts fell from 28 million to 27 million. Of note, Charter Communications also lost internet subscribers. They attributed it to the disappearance of subsidies, uh, fell 42,000. Roku added 1.8 million accounts to reach 63.1 million, while numbers of hours streamed on Roku-powered devices fell 200 million hours from last quarter to 20.7 billion. Still a lot of hours. We're also going out and about more. Maybe that's all it is. However, ad revenue slowed down as well, which is a bit of a wrench in Roku's plan to expand its business in that direction. They kind of lose money on the platform sales, the hardware sales these days. They need to make it up with advertising. Sony Pictures Entertainment, however, did well. Revenue was up 70% over last year. And you might guess that's because more people are back in theaters seeing Sony movies. But Brian... This is the movie that came out during this quarterly earnings period, Morbius. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that was so successful that they had to put it back in theaters a second time because it made so, so much money. And then the second time it made even more money. Yeah, yeah apparently not. Uh, oh. It was the only major release. And uh, Sony is saying TV licensing and home entertainment revenues seem to be the main cause of their rise in revenue. So making the content. And licensing the content is how they made their money. They also had some added revenue from buying Crunchyroll, though, worth pointing out. That makes me think, okay, ISPs flattening out might be a result of saturation. I doubt it's an indication that people are cutting that particular cord. Maybe there's more competition. Maybe people are just finding other ways to get the net, like their phone. Providing content instead of banking everything on streaming it does seem to be the better bet here. As consumers, we love all you can eat, at least lots of you say you do, but we also want choice. We don't want all you can eat, but there's only one buffet in town. We want to be able to choose the restaurant. Is there room, Brian, for a business model that treats TV more like Spotify or Apple Music treats music? In other words, yeah, Sony Pictures Entertainment, Paramount, NBC Universal, y'all make the content and show it on multiple services and you pick based on the features of the service not the content in it this is such a good idea i need to sit with it for a moment but my my one immediate pushback is that 
the genius of Spotify, Pandora, etc., is that you spend between three and seven minutes with a song, and without being asked, you're gently ushered into the next chapter of your experience. When the smallest unit of storytelling is, mm-hmm. you know, what a twenty-five minute without ads show, sure. uh, or 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 a ninety to uh, hundred and twenty minute movie. I, I don't know that it quite works that way. Like, like I, 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 I I'm on the cusp, like, like the door yeah. is open. I'm inviting you in for tea. Tell me more of your story, sir. Here, here's where I'm coming from. It's not about that aspect. You're right. That, and that may be fundamental to the appeal of, of, of title, Apple music, Spotify, et cetera, uh, is that, Oh yeah, it's short stuff and I can just turn it on and play it. And it learns what I like. You're not necessarily going to get that kind of experience from what I'm thinking. But people say, I just want one bill. People say, I don't want only one company to choose from. So they don't want the old cable model where they only had one company to choose from. But they don't like paying five different streaming services. We know that, right? Also, people have gotten upset with Netflix in some part because whether... Netflix actually promised this or not, the perception was Netflix will give me everything. Partly because when it was DVDs, it did give you pretty much everything. And over time, Netflix has become the place for Netflix originals. And people argue that, well, maybe Netflix originals aren't that great. I'm paying this much money for Netflix and you don't have this and you don't have that. What if there were platforms that said we will again, the industry would have to move and maybe that's impossible. But what if there were platforms that said we will charge you this much a month and we'll give you everything. And, and there are more than one. So you're not locked into one cable company, but it's like, yeah, all the NBC stuff, all the Paramount stuff, it's all in here. And our thing is we've got the great AI that, that can always tell you what new shows you might like. And the other one's like, we have the best tracking. So you never lose track of what stuff you're, you're watching, or, you know, we have the best resolution and the highest quality streams, whatever. And the platforms compete on that instead of where we are now, which consumers definitely don't like, which is, well, I got to go to Peacock to watch this thing and HBO Max to watch that thing and Netflix to watch that thing, et cetera, et cetera. What you're describing is shockingly close to uh, the features that that uh, remind me of the early days of long distance calling, where there would be one brand that was branded as the highest quality fiber optic network. Yeah, the, Another the, the post one. Uh, the post opening of the of the lines, right when they broke up Ma Bell. Correct, correct, and and likewise, you know, the one that's most advantageous for you to reach areas that are closer to you, but maybe it's more expensive to reach all the way across the the country. Um, I wonder if. My gut says it's too early for anything like this to happen, but imagine if we don't get paid by them. So I can say this, uh, imagine if justwatch.com had two or three other competitors and at some Mm -hmm. point, which there are, there are others like it out there. Sure. uh, But at some point you just subscribe to one and they say, you just ask us what it is you want to watch. We'll find it. You'll see it, whatever it is you'll pay, it'll be less than buying it 
it'll be less than uh, a full everything is negotiated down rates or whatever we are here to advocate on your behalf that doesn't seem impossible does it no it doesn't uh the trick is the licensing getting the agreements being able to to go to paramount nbc hbo netflix particularly doesn't like to play in these shared platforms that's why they don't show up in the tracking for nvidia shield or or for apple tv um so i think do you do you know who i think is the best bet to make something like this happen no cable companies uh, <laughs> because you already on a cable box can add netflix hulu hbo max paramount plus it's one interface on the device that can then pull in things from all of those and because they're a partner that's sharing revenue uh not because of an app store thing but because it's a directly negotiated thing uh they they can make sure that, to track all of your stuff if they divorce that from hardware if they divorce that from an internet subscription and just provided it to everybody right if comcast said oh yeah the xfinity plan that does that uh without our cable service or maybe with it over the internet we'll make that available to anybody in the nation for you know a small fee and we've negotiated discounts on these other platforms so if you add two or three of them you're you're going to get you're going to pay less anyway and then everything is in one place one bill and all your stuff in one app what uh, before i get too crazy bryce did, did you have anything to add on this well there's there's a technical side to this too right music is much smaller than video files right we're, we're not evolving new <laughs> audio codecs where there's still a lot of video compression codec uh, evolution going on mm. and so it makes it much more feasible for a company whether it's a spotify or an apple to have one of every song on earth because just all the files yeah right and to organize it because when i when 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 uh, when when someone makes music you go to a website and it sends it to everybody because it's unified but there's not that same unified uh pathway yet for like turnkey video right. distribution onto a streaming service like this outside of like YouTube. Uh, and so, so there's a, there's a technical element to it as well. That I think that's about. why I think the cable companies are the preferable thing. And I see uh, on three track is saying it should be Roku open bio say and Amazon and Apple do that. No, they, they run into the problem that, that Bryce has. And I, is that they can't they you know ingesting all that stuff is difficult uh and costly but also amazon runs a streaming service apple runs a streaming service uh the cable companies are able to strike deals with everybody they apple can't get netflix to play in their ballpark amazon can't get netflix to play in their ballpark netflix is already playing in comcast and charters ballparks so they are able to strike deals that Amazon and Apple uh, and even Roku cannot because those are people that are in a different space than the cable companies. The cable companies could do this. And if they're just providing access to the services, I think that gets them around your, your objection, Bryce, which is, oh, the, the stream is just coming from Peacock. It's just coming from HBO Max. We're, you know, traffic it 
trafficking it through our app. So we don't have to do any of the storage and hosting and, and compression and all that. Hmm. Well, uh, let's say, uh, I don't know, there's a service for $42 or whatever. Uh, and all they do, whether or not they have a sweetheart deal with any of these over the top networks or not, what they actually do is they pay attention to what you ask for. And then they're like, okay, so we're going to Netflix land for a little bit. So I'm going to push other Netflix content for a little bit until I can tell you're getting bored of Netflix. Then I'm going to quietly disable your Netflix access as you now begin to explore more Amazon Prime stuff. And then, oh, now we're moving over to Apple TV Plus stuff and you're watching Severance or whatever, simply by... Uh, kind of doing like an energy efficient turning off the lights for whatever room you're not in is, is, is there enough arbitrage in there to, to, to make money? I don't think you can technically do it. I, I don't think you can get the updated catalog information uh, without having a, a direct deal, which is why you don't see Netflix and Apple TV's version of this. It's why you don't see it in all of the tracking versions. It's, it's the step between what just watch does, which is like, Hey, it's on Netflix, click here and you can go watch it on Netflix. Uh, and, and being like super accurate and able to do deep linking into the shows and everything and make a good user experience. You could, you could do it, but it's not going to be smooth unless you do a direct deal. I think. Cordkillers at gmail.com. Yeah, because otherwise Apple would be doing it. They'd, they'd, they'd be showing it. So I think they don't do it because, I think they don't do it with Netflix because they know it's not always going to be good enough. Whereas Just Watch is like, yeah, if we're wrong sometimes, you barely notice because you're just checking us for, for information. You're not relying on us to watch. Yeah. Cordkillers at gmail.com. Let's talk about what to watch and under surveillance. Not like you're Disney. You heard of Disney? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, Disney, uh, not just Walt Disney. I mean, the company that he founded. He's not started there a company. Yeah, he did. Good, good for Walt. Uh, Disney released a trailer for its forthcoming Star Wars series, Andor. Uh, it's Boolean logic. Uh, based on the character Cass Andor, it's a prequel series to Rogue One. They also delayed the release date by about a month. Uh, the series now comes to Disney Plus with three episodes at once when they start before they go to weekly on September 21st. Uh, Tom, I didn't watch this trailer uh, and I don't know if I want to act like it was a moral stand I'm taking or what. <laughs> uh, 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 Listen, <laughs> I'm no Bryce Castillo, but here's... <laughs> Sorry. Here's kind of what's Let, in the trailer. Let's cut over live to the actual trailer. Fade in. New York City. It's like a character all of its own. <laughs> I don't think I clicked the right thing. Yeah, I don't think New York City was in the uh, Android trailer. Uh, the Android trailer is basically this. Ah, man, that empire. It sucks. We should fight against it. All right. Uh, let's bring in Stellan Skarsgård and the woman who played Mon Mothma and uh, uh, Saw Guerrera from Rogue One, and we'll fight it together. Ready? Cool. Everything's in gray tone. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll like it quite a bit, uh, given that it's not going to be all about, you know, uh, prophecies and, and laser swords and whatnot. Um, 
but 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 man, am I skeptical? I'm just so I'm just so I don't want to say I'm burned. I I'm just skeptical. I am not emotionally excited about this the way I have been about previous Star Wars series. And yet I'm not down on it. I don't look at it and go, oh, that looks like crap. I'm like, oh, that looks good. Uh, looks well produced. Uh, looks like a compelling storyline. Hey, great, great actors, great characters, uh, great scenes. Looks cinematically beautiful. There is just, and this could entirely be on me, not an emotional connection. I'm sure I will watch it, but I wasn't disappointed. I didn't get the disappointment that I should get when they said, sorry, it's not coming until September 21st. I felt relief, like, oh, good. I don't have to start watching it till September 21st. <laughs> You're like, oh, good. I, I think I get to squeeze some Miami Vice in. <laughs> yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do, what do y'all feel? Cordkillers at gmail.com. Uh, your takes on, on and or you're going to watch it. Uh, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame and want to still be surprised years later by what happens in it, stop listening now. Okay. Uh, so one of the biggest moments of the movie is Tony Stark sacrificing his life. It has gone on to fuel stories, particularly Spider-Man's. Uh, it was a, a emotional moment that people still talk about. But apparently, John Favreau was against it. Uh, Anthony and Joe Russo told Vanity Fair that Fevro called them and said, you can't do this. It's going to devastate people. And you don't want them, you know, walking out of the theater into traffic. The movie was going to end Stark's story. He didn't have to die for it to end, though. And that's what Fevro was arguing for. Uh, you ever play the game of telephone where somebody says something and somebody else repeats it or whatever? Oh, uh, you think Favreau's being uh, taken out of context? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd be very surprised if what Favreau said was people will literally kill themselves. <laughs> Walk into traffic. <laughs> right. Uh, sure. I mean, but, but do you believe that Favreau was like, oh no, don't kill Tony Stark? Uh, I know they tried a bunch of wacky stuff, like on the Blu-rays, there's some version where they all do a, a Colin Kaepernick taking a knee for, for Tony Stark. So it's like in a world where uh, where they're willing to A-B test anything, uh, I would imagine that all of these stories are true. So then my question is whether you, you know, it really doesn't matter if, if Favreau was right would it have been a bad decision to have Tony Stark just go off into the country and retire and say, I quit this game. Don't want to talk to you anymore. Uh, Put him in a coma. I don't know. Something else. Uh, no, or, or, I, I, I think I, I'll, the reason I'm asking is I can't imagine this being impactful in any other way than the way they did it. Correct. Correct. And even now I'm only slightly miffed that they've, you know, written this universe such that a alternate reality version of them can show up at any moment, you know, but, sure. but, but, but for those movies, for what they were, it was perfect. All of it was perfect. So the easy analysis is like, wow, John Favreau, he really liked working on the Iron Man shows and kind of helped bring them about. It was, it was his ego that was talking there. Uh, and maybe uh, if, if he said it, maybe that was, I, 
I tend to want to challenge myself to imagine a defensible position that John Favreau could have taken that wasn't just self-interested, but I don't, I don't want Tony to go. I like playing with that character too much. That was more of a like, no, 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 it would be bad. Like you should keep Tony around for he, X he, reason. He, here's the pitch is you keep him around so that you have a complete playset going straight into secret wars. That's what you mm. do. And so, so you, you don't could have roll to him out in long... a wheelchair a la Professor X to. Right. Well, well, I mean, uh, keep in mind the actual character within the comics was canonically in a wheelchair for a while. Uh, but, but, uh, but that would be the most interesting reason, but it looks like we're going to take the long way around on that one. Yeah. I, I okay. I'm with you. Like, have him devastated, have him unable to continue, uh, have him leave the game uh, and, and and be so hurt that he's he's no longer the same Tony Stark. And people talk sadly about, oh, Tony, have you seen him? He's not the same anymore. And then roll him back out for Secret Wars uh, and revive him. Yeah, or throw All him right. in a coma or, or right. zap yeah. him to a sideways universe. And that is a very, very impactful return of Tony Stark, which you could also still do with the multiverse, right? Yeah, but not as impactful because we yeah, know yeah. it won't be all our, yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. So Favreau was arguing, don't use the impact and emotion of him yet. Do it later. Could could have been the case, maybe. Uh, yeah, turns out, though, those movies were over by the end of uh, Endgame. Endgame was the end. Uh, it's great that that the zombified corpse of the MCU continues to shamble forward. There are brief moments of delight and treasure that I experience, uh, but but it ain't it ain't the canonical, unbelievable Babe Ruth called shot, once in a lifetime Marvel Comics moment that that I got to see for what twenty three movies long. Yeah. If you want a baseball analogy, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe may be entering its phase as a designated hitter. Can't really play out in the field anymore, but you know, it still lumbers up to the bat and hits a home run from time to time. Yeah. Uh, MGM swung and missed, if we must continue baseball analogies, uh, <laughs> when it didn't make a Tomb Raider sequel within the period required by its contract in order to keep the rights. Uh, this is a thing that that has happened before. It's why we saw so many Incredible Hulk movies for a while. Uh, if you want to keep the rights to a property, you have to continue to exploit it. Uh, that This is built in boilerplate when you license outright sometimes. Like, hey, if you're not going to use it, we're going to sell it to somebody who will because we'll make more in residuals and merchandising and all that sort of thing. MGM somehow didn't make their Tomb Raider uh, sequel in time. Uh, they they say it has something to do with COVID. There was a, a Tomb Raider sequel planned for 2021, but COVID got in the way of production. So uh, the rights are back up on the block. Anybody can can restart Tomb Raider now. Uh, MGM. Dude, uh, I, I probably should have done my homework. Uh, makes me wonder whether or not like uh, they have a agreement with uncharted or jumanji or any of the other vaguely similar uh not exactly indiana jones but pretty much indiana jones franchises out there i don't think that would make them i get where you're going with that but i i don't think you drop a tomb raider you want to collect all of those you want to be the studio that has all of them because it's not like it's not like you lose money if you have three jungle hits um i i think it was 
possibly Amazon just decided it wasn't worth investing the money in because, of course, Amazon bought MGM. Yep. That could be part of it, too. Uh, Deadline reports that Matt Frewer is on board to reprise his role as Max Headroom. So we're getting new Max Headroom on AMC Networks. Halt and Catch Fire's co-creator Christopher Cantwell is going to write and run the show. I loved the TV show. Not, not any of his appearances, not his pop culture icon status. Not I the, mean, not the Pepsi commercial. The, not, yeah, not, Coke, no. It's the real thing. Uh, Was it the, Coke? Yeah. Uh, I loved the actual uh, 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 science fiction story that takes place five minutes in the future where somebody commits suicide because Channel 23 for one moment had not one single viewer like that worshiping at the altar of, of media was such a cool idea. And, and I felt in general, Matt Fuhrer has been underused most of my life. And, and I'm excited to see one more at bat. Yeah. Uh, he was excellent in orphan black. Uh, he has, been pretty excellent in everything I've, I've seen him sort of pop up in and do bit roles in uh it'll be interesting to see how they do this obviously max headroom could be uh digitally enhanced because that's part of the character uh and so you you don't have to de-age uh <laughs> matt frewer i wonder if the matt frewer character that was in max headroom uh the reporter character shows up uh in some way but uh, yeah, I was a big fan of Max Headroom in the 80s when the show was on. Uh, it was fun to be working at Tech TV when they got the rights to reshow Max Headroom and we had it on the air. Uh, it felt like a, a fun place to be associated with the new home. So um, I don't know. Uh, I I never finished watching Halt and Catch Fire, but I've heard amazing things from people who did uh, and, and said it only got better as the season went on. So sure, I'm, I'm in. Uh, I will sample this for certain. I'll I'll co-sign the whole catch, catch fire like that show is yeah. great and I'll watch a max side room. All right. Very good. Uh, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on Brian. Uh, dude, turns out that when you have people in from out of town and they're on vacation and you say, Hey, what do you want to watch? They're like, whatever you think is interesting. It's mm. like, it's like ecstasy, man. It's like, let's try some Harley Quinn. Hey, that's a lot of fun. Let's try some Our Flag Means Death. Hey, that's fun. Let's try some Peacemaker. It was great. Uh, uh, if you have the means, have a friend stay with you away from his family uh, who trusts your tastes and just sit and watch old stuff. It's great. I have to say, I, I have sampled small versions of this when visiting relatives who are like, well, are you watching anything? And we'll recommend something that we're all, we already watched. And they're like, well, let's watch the first episode and you get to relive it with them. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. The second lap. Uh, I, I like that. I, I like that as a, uh, as a recommendation. Um, I have two things I want to talk about. One is Lollapalooza on Hulu live was very fun to watch if you're into live music, if you're into watching concerts, uh, the, this has become regular Coachella streams live, usually on YouTube, uh, Lollapalooza on Hulu. Um, and, and it, it, they've only gotten better over the years as this has gone from being like, can you believe they're streaming this music festival to they're streaming a music festival and they know how to do it and they're really good. So, uh, check out Lollapalooza, uh, 
it, well, you can't check it out anymore, but <laughs> it, it is, uh, it, it was good. And the next time they have something like this, uh, I recommend checking it out. Uh, I don't think you can get it on demand anymore. I think it's, uh, once it's done, it's done. So it's kind of the idea with a live concert. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is uh, a K-drama that's on Netflix. Uh, it's currently airing in Korea. So this is one of those things where you're going to get two episodes a week because that's how they do it in Korea. They, they air them on back-to-back nights. Extraordinary Attorney Wu is a story of a woman who is the first autistic graduate of Seoul National University's law school. Uh, she gets hired and uses her unique perspective to help uh, crack cases, you know, as, as the legal team to defend things. Uh, but also there's an overarching story of she has a single father and who is her mother. Uh, and the law firm that hired her hired her later than they hired other people because there was a bit of a prejudice against hiring an autistic attorney. Uh, and why did that attorney, why did that law firm decide to hire her? Uh, the actor who plays her is not autistic, but she does a very good job uh, from all accounts of representing that that perspective, uh, if you will. And it's it's well beloved in Korea and beyond. I, I highly recommend it. It's it's good legal drama and and extra storytelling on top of it. Cool. Cool story, Tom. All right, Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, we got a uh, pick from a while ago from Belissa, who had thoughts on adaptations. She writes, I'm very much enjoying Amazon's adaptation of The Wheel of Time. It's done with, in my opinion, exactly the right balance of being faithful to the books, especially who the characters are and their relationships, while also managing to surprise fans who have read the books. For me, there's been at least one gasp out loud moment in each episode. I think there were three in episode five. The ba- this balance of the familiar and the new twist is going to be a key factor in the success of the series, I think. Thank you, uh, thank you, Belissa. Uh, have either y'all checked out any of the Wheel of Time uh, on Amazon? I did, yeah. I watched the first series, uh, and uh, the more I watched, the more I liked it. Oh, okay. I, I think I only got through the first episode. Uh, it was a little too high fantasy for me, but I could see I could, I could see some of the drama and the, the character stakes that they were setting up. I've, I've heard from a few people who were reading the books that they... Uh, dug the show better oh really yeah oh nice well there you go that is uh streaming on uh amazon prime video now season one is out season two and season three have been confirmed but they are not out yet if you've got something we should be on the lookout for please email it to us cordkillers at gmail.com thank you all right folks listen you know if you watch this show that right now we're going to tell you to get a doghouse system, right, Brian? Well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Uh, what if I told you maybe you shouldn't go buy one right now? They, you would be giving people bad advice well, if you told no. them not to. Why are you prohibiting them from buying a doghouse system? What if I told you there was a non-zero chance that you would be given an absolute Whoa. god-tier beast of a system? Something worth $4,200 that I hand-assembled at the factories over at doghousesystems.com slash rogue. And they, all you had to do to sign up for the giveaway is to go to gimme dot scamstuff.com that's g-i-m-m-e dot scamstuff.com sign up dude uh we're giving away this absolute gem this mega beast it's incredible 
Okay, so now that's a horse of a different color. Yeah, go get the free one if you can. Uh, go check it out. Doghousesystems.com slash rogue? Uh, uh, yeah, but 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 uh, look, I'll, I'll just spoil everything. Uh, if, if you don't happen to win it, my guess is if you're on the email list at gimme.scamstuff.com, my guess is we'll reach out to you with an enticing offer that would that will make it worth your while and of course you know these are the folks that support our show that make it possible oh good uh, i'm sorry I, I was looking at the wrong url gimme.scamstuff.com let's move on to the front lines front lines a study from media researcher magna uh done in conjunction with amazon ads found that viewers are not that concerned if a show they watch was created by an advertiser, as long as it's good, as long as it's entertaining. Examples include a movie called Unlocked, funded by HP for Peacock, uh, Nike's The Day Sports Stood Still, uh, about what happened to sports during the early parts of the COVID lockdowns. That's on HBO. According to the study, viewers prefer brand-funded content to traditional commercials. Uh I would totally believe that. I, 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 is there anything about that that doesn't ring true to you, Tom? I, I mean, it's not that it doesn't ring true. Uh, I do wonder. I, I do wonder if there's nuance to it. I absolutely believe that people say, "Yeah, a very well-made documentary from Nike uh, is preferable to being interrupted every ten minutes with a Nike ad." Uh, I, I totally believe that. Uh, I think it's it's important to say, yes, if they're good, uh, and the devil's in the details there. If a bunch of advertisers went and started to make ad-funded shows that were clearly advertisements, you then know, that like would obviously alter the landscape. People yeah. hate product placement if it sticks out. They don't hate product placement if they don't know it's there because it's weaved in well. So, you know, it's like, sure, if 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 you make good content, people like good content, right? Man. Uh, this next story just makes me want to create a product called Nielsen and inject it into every freaking show because Nielsen says Stranger Things now holds the record for the two biggest weeks of streaming ever. Full stop. Bar none. It was viewed for over 5.9 billion minutes during the week of June 27th, coming to its uh, coming in behind its own 7.2 billion minutes uh, set the week of May 30th this very year. Uh, I, I, I just want Nielsen to be every product out there. Why do you want Nielsen to be every product out there? I, I want it to be the uh, 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 the, the gaff tape. Like uh, uh, whenever you can't have a brand name, you put gaff tape on it, just call it a Nielsen. Okay. Like your Nielsen uh, MP3 player, your Nielsen phone, you're driving a Nielsen. I'm missing something on this one. I, I'm not quite picking up what you're, what you're throwing down. Yeah, here. it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, Cord killers at gmail.com. If you're like Tom, you idiot, this is what Brian's saying. Um, yeah. Uh, Stranger things real popular. Amazon Prime Video announced the launch of Comedy Island Indonesia, Comedy Island Thailand, and Comedy Island Philippines. Amazon is developing more local language content in all three markets, including originals and licensed content. Uh, Prime Video has been there since 2016, but it was just rebranded whatever they had in other markets. Uh, this is the first time they are offering a localized experience in these three markets. 
And last week, Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear created a, quote, Bridgerton musical album, and Netflix hailed it as a lovely homage. It even won a Grammy. The two composers staged a live concert of the unofficial Bridgerton musical album live in concert at the Kennedy Center in, of Washington, D.C., and it sold out, and so now Netflix is suing them. Thanks, Netflix. <laughs> uh this is a tricky one though, right? Because they made songs that were inspired by Bridgerton, which Netflix could have gone after, but it would have been a it would have been a tricky case. So Netflix, I think, wisely was like, ah, this is great. What an homage. Y'all are the best. Then they sold out the Kennedy Center playing the stuff, and Netflix said, That's a lot of money. And you're using our name, Bridgerton. That's RIP. I think you owe us. And I see where Netflix is coming from on that. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of uh, how reluctantly the, the the Beastie Boys. There was a um, a for profit, or sorry, a, it was a non profit charity that, without permission from the Beastie Boys, did a parody version of Girls, reframing all of the lyrics as portraying girls as innovative engineers, uh, uh, pro science, uh, STEM, pro STEM stuff, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and they're like look, we love everything about what you're doing here, but ultimately you, you didn't talk to us. You just went and did it. And the, you, you know how this goes. we got to shut you down. Mm -hmm. Also, they didn't like the, the message, no matter what they said, because it was parodying them. Parody defense is good though. It's pretty strong. I don't know. Uh, if you have the money to defend well, it. If you have the money to fight it. If you totally, have the money yeah. to defend it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's uh, always the trick. All uh, right. There's a few other things here. There's a trailer out for Guillermo del Toro's animated Pinocchio with Ewan McGregor voicing Sebastian J. Cricket, <laughs> not Jiminy, speaking of intellectual property, uh, coming to theaters in November and Netflix in December. Ben Affleck will show up in Batman as Batman in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Rick and Morty set a return date of September 4th. They're coming back. Uh, a trailer is out for the final season of Lock and Key. That's coming to Netflix on August 10th. It's the end of The Flash on CW. Uh, season 9 will come in 2023 and will be the last season of The Flash. Kristen Ritter has been cast as the lead in the Orphan Black spinoff Orphan Black Echoes. Peacock ordered a series about Roman gladiators that will be directed by Roland Emmerich. Uh, it is called Those About to Die, which is based on a book called Those About to Die. And Night of the Cooters won Best Sci-Fi at the L.A. Shorts International Film Festival for short films. George R. R. Martin adapted it and Vincent D'Onofrio directed it. Brian, it's about aliens invading Texas in the 1800s. You had me at Cooters, Tom. I know, right? <laughs> uh, that is that for the front lines. Let's move on to the dispatches from the front. Hi, Kev. Kev wrote us and said, I know you've talked about the ease or difficulty in canceling some services and how some are much easier than others. Today, I canceled my Sirius XM subscription. The only way to do that is by chat. Really? You can't even call? Okay. Uh, it took me 24 minutes of, please wait while I access your account. It takes a while. And may I ask how you've enjoyed our services? And your subscription is good until September 1st. You can continue to enjoy it until then. My responses were always some variation of, please cancel my account. 
Cheese and crackers. Give me a big cancel button to simply end my subscription. Yours, I, Kev. No, Kev, I'm not going to read that adverb that you put in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No I, 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 I mean, what else are they supposed to do, man? They, they, they sell the radios that come pre-installed in the cars. Their one gimmick is that they trick you into getting it started, and they ride <laughs> your credit card up until that thing dies. Yeah, <laughs> have some pity on the on on, on the poor company. Are, are you what saying you knew they were a scorpion when you invited them on your back? <laughs> yes, the yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm, what if they fair. just disappeared off the face of the planet though uh, well <laughs> but then where would i hear my kid rock <laughs> anywhere else <laughs> wait hear your kid rock or your kid rock oh uh, uh, uh where would uh, i hear my kid rock i do not uh, uh I, I i do not acknowledge that i have children? a child named rock <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair, fair enough. We'll get to the bottom of this, folks. He really does have a child named Rock. Uh, Derek wrote in and said, hi, Tom, Brian and Bryce. Wanted to throw out another consideration to a conversation around Netflix's plans for release schedules for their shows. We were talking about whether Netflix should give up and go weekly instead of all at once. Uh, Derek says, as they move into ad supported content, it's probably in their best interest not to drop entire seasons or multiple episodes all at once. Advertisers are keen to manage flighting and frequency of their ads. Contrary to popular belief, there is a limit of how much most advertisers want a user to see their ad over a period of time. If prime content is being binged too quickly, it narrows the window for advertisers to take part and may lead to over-frequency for any live ad campaign. There's a reason why broadcast typically abides by a weekly release schedule, particularly for first run prime, just a thought from the ad side. Yeah. I think that, uh, this used to be a black and white debate, uh, at the very beginning when it came to binge everything on Netflix or, or make everything go week over week on Hulu. Uh, I think we live in the universe where man, HBO max nailed it. Just give me two to three episodes of the thing. Give me an hour and change a little bit. You know, uh, I, 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 I think that clustering is the way to go. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to argue that Netflix probably looks at their viewing and, and, and can tell that it's consistent. Even if you binge all the stranger things at once, you probably still watch a few Netflix things. And so the ad traffic can, can even out because even if, even if not everybody's watching the same show, they're watching something and the ads can run for that person that's targeted. But I get what Derek's saying, which is that a lot of brands want to be associated with the big thing. It's not that they just want to reach, you know, the 50 year old male. Uh, they want to reach the 50 year old male watching stranger things. They want your, their brand to be associated with that, that big event thing. And if, everybody's watching it all in a weekend, then yeah, that's less time for that brand to have their ads run uh, or you risk overrunning them. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. A Anthony wrote in with, with, I'll try to summarize Anthony's point here. Uh, well, he says, I'm not sure if this has already been a topic on the show, but I'm wondering if Peacock's slow growth is due to the platform being both ad supported and paid streaming all in one. Uh, he suggests that, people get enough out of the ad supported version of Peacock that they don't move on to paying. And that's why the Peacock numbers are stalling out. Uh, it's an interesting thought. The numbers we mentioned earlier pointed out that they were flat on paid subscribers, but they lost free subscribers. 
So my guess is it's not that they're having a problem moving people from free into paid. It's just that they're having a problem with people finding the content compelling at all. Uh, yeah. Plus also the very few times that I have, uh, allowed, usually it's a rewatch of a thing that uh, will do the ad supported version. It's almost always because I don't want to buy it again for my kids. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I don't really care if my kids have to sit through ads as long as I don't. So it might be some version of that in there. Yeah. Uh, well, that is going to do it for us uh, today. Uh, thanks, everybody, for being with us. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash nightattack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons, all these wonderful names. I'm sorry, names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra they're, they're scratching our itch, like, because we're I think addicted. as long as it's consensual, like, we're, we're addicted to their money. And love. Might as well face it. Well, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>